Hey there, welcome back to my channel. So glad you could join me today. We have a prophecy update for you and you don't want to miss what's happening. I have several uh, articles that we need to look at that are Bible prophecy. We always ask the question, could we now be in the final seven years? So some of the things we're talking about, the UN is planning to seize global emergency powers with the help of Biden. We'll be talking a lot about world ID. It must be put in place before a global digital currency like CBDCs can be fully implemented. Also, Bill Gates pushes for digital IDs with 1.27 billion in global do in donations towards global identification systems. Digital prison is not coming, it's here. And we'll also be talking about how nations, 13 nations, have already agreed to abolish farming in order to save the planet, including the United States as being part of that global agenda. We also have an asteroid impact watch. We know that Jesus had a star of Bethlehem over him guiding the wise men. But recently, papers have been written from Harvard that say that that was most likely an asteroid. And there's historical data from China during that time that says it was likely actually a, a comet, we would call it. So Jesus' first coming was likely preceded by a comet, and the Bible says his second coming will absolutely be preceded by the Wormwood Asteroid. So we want to welcome all newcomers to Thomas Taylor Ministries and the Wormwood Asteroid channel. You can learn more about me at thomastaylorministries.org and all the places. You can also find me online. You can find me on YouTube at my Wormwood Asteroid channel. Full videos are not available there, so you must go to the description and click the link to watch the full video, which is found at Rumble, because I am censored on YouTube, and my content is being pulled from YouTube. So find me at Rumble by clicking the link. You can also find me at Vimeo by searching for Wormwood Asteroid, or any place you find podcasts, look for Wormwood Asteroid. On Rumble, you can find me on Rumble, BitChute, and, and Roku. Search for End Time Prophecy. And look for that little asteroid icon, and you'll find me there. Please support me. You can click the donate button at Thomas Taylor Ministries. I do need your support, and thank you. Make sure you also like, subscribe, and share this video. And in the comments, tell, tell me how far along you think we are in this global government takeover. Uh, if you're on YouTube, click the link in the description now. We're going to switch over to the full broadcast over there. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the first thing we're going to be talking about, an article that says that the UN is planning to seize global emergency powers with Biden's support. So see the article link in the description. Now this proposal might be the biggest attempted power grab in the history of the United Nations. If approved, the United States, as we know it, could cease to exist. Now, the article states in September of 2024, less than two months before the next U.S. presidential election, the United Nations will host a landmark summit of the future where member nations will adopt a pact for the future. The agreement will solidify numerous policy reforms offered by the United Nations over the past two years as part of its sweeping Our Common Agenda platform. Although there are numerous radical propo proposals included in the agenda, perhaps none are more important than the UN plan for a new emergency platform, a stunning proposal to give the UN significant power in the event of a future global shock such as another worldwide pandemic or a major cyber attack or an asteroid strike. Now, many of the details of the UN emergency platform were laid out in a March 2023 policy paper titled Strengthening the International Response to Complex Global Shocks, an Emergency Platform. 
Now, in the paper, the UN Secretary General writes, I propose that the General Assembly provide the Secretary General and the United Nations system with a standing authority to convene and operationalize automatically an emergency platform in the event of a future complex global shock of sufficient scale, severity, and reach. Now, once triggered, the emergency platform would give the UN the ability to actively promote and drive an international response that places the principles of equality and solidarity at the center of its work, they say. Now, what would happen is the UN would bring together the stakeholders of the world, including the academics and governments and private sector actors and international finance institutions to ensure that there is a unified global response to the crisis. And so this emergency platform would also give the United Nations the power to, quote, ensure that all participating actors make commitments that can contribute meaningfully to the response and that they are held to account for delivery of these commitments. In other words, the United Nations would be given unprecedented authority over the public and private sectors of huge swaths of this world all in the name of battling a yet unknown crisis. What kind of global shock would trigger the emergency platform? Well, the UN provides several possibilities. For example, it could be a major climate event, future pandemics, global digital connectivity disruption, or a major event in outer space. Hmm, wonder what that could be. Or any unforeseen risk. It's amazing how vague their language is to where they, they will take global power over the entire world under the auspices of an, an emergency, a global emergency. And the crazy part is the nations are yielding up their sovereignty willingly to this crazy nutso idea. Approval of the emergency platform holds the potential to bring about the end of the United States as we know it. How do we know there will be a world government? Well, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 13, starting at verse 7, it says, It was also given to him, the Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given him over every tribe, people, language, and nation. The Antichrist and his kingdom will make a war with the saints. The Christians are the saints. There will be persecution of Christians and Jews by the Antichrist kingdom. The Antichrist in his kingdom will overcome the saints. The word overcome means to subdue. They will conquer, prevail, and get the victory. They will be given power. The word power is authority over all kindred, which means all races, all peoples. The authority given to the Antichrist and his kingdom will be over all tongues, the Bible says, which means all languages. The authority given to the Antichrist will be over all nations, including all people and nations and tribes. The Bible is clear that a glo global government is ahead and it's already set up to take a large, to a large degree, it's already set up and taking our power now trying to remove the sovereignty of the nations as we speak. The Antichrist kingdom is a revised UN and will grant itself sovereignty over all nations, claiming it was necessary to prevent you know, chaos, which I believe is the asteroid as it approaches. So this is setting up the platform for the evil Emperor Palpatine to come into power and the ignorant nations are like Jar Jar Binks, giving him emergency powers. The Antichrist will, of course, claim to relinquish those powers once the emergency has subsided. Of course. Remember that from the movie Star Wars? You need to check that out. That's about what's, what's happening right now. Jar Jar Binks nations like Biden and the United, Na United uh, States are giving power, emergency power, to the, to the UN in case of an emergency. Of course, it'll be just temporary. And they're, they're going to give the power back to us when they're done and emergency is, is over. Right. How did that work in Star Wars? We need some Jedis. Maybe that's you and me. All right. So this, I mean, this is absolute lunacy that we are living in times where the nations will give up their sovereignty willingly. 
It all started with this fear from the pandemic. This will seem totally rational for a nation to give up its sovereignty for a time so that the world can overcome the fear of the Wormwood asteroid that I believe may soon be announced in the coming years ahead. So here's an image of the spirits on the bottom, which represent the four horsemen found in the book of Revelation. The four horsemen of the apocalypse are those four spirits at the bottom, the white horse rider, uh, the red horse rider, the black, and then the green is ultimately what the final one is. And that at the top is the physical manifestation, which I believe, in my opinion, are the men currently representing these writers. They are not the writers. They, they represent those writers in physical form. And so these men, as you see, you're probably familiar with these faces, uh, are, are really the representation over these four wicked spirits. So the current men at the top, in my opinion, these men are only the visible representation of the reality found in the spirit realm, which are the four fallen spirits riding these horses. As we observe these individuals' words and actions, we know they are the ones steering us towards the inevitable one-world government. And when the day arrives with the revelation of the cataclysmic wormwood asteroid strike, it is then that this clandestine regime is destined to seize control over the world stage. The four horsemen that the Antichrist spirit now has some control over are religion, government, economics, and nature or climate. You can learn all about that in my last video. I encourage you to check that out. So now we're going to talk about the UN Secretary Gutierrez's Our Common Agenda. Gutierrez says that the disastrous effect of a changing climate, famine, floods, fires, and extreme heat threaten our very existence. For millions of people around the world, poverty, discrimination, violence, and exclusion are denying them their, their rights of the basic necessities of life. Humanity's welfare, and, a, and indeed humanity's very future, depends upon our solidarity and working together as a global family to achieve common goals for people, for the planet, for prosperity, and for peace. Watch Hunger Games before it's... Anyway. You know what? The Bible talks about that. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Verse 3, when they say peace and safety, like Gutierrez just said, then sudden destruction will come upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. So Gutierrez goes on to say, this is why our common agenda is above all an agenda of action designed to accelerate the implementation of existing agreements, including the Sustainable Development Goals. First, now is the time to re-embrace global solidarity and find new ways to work together for this common good. Well, what's the common good? Um, global communism. That's, that's the common good. We need to resist at the ballot booth. Call your congressman. Share this video to inform as many people as you can and pray. Pray for your nation. Pray that God will remove these wicked leaders from your nation. Pray against them in the name of Jesus. We fight not against flesh and blood, but against spirits. We don't take up arms in any way whatsoever. We fight with prayer. We fight with our authority in the name of Jesus. We pray to God, asking him to have fair elections and remove from us these wicked, corrupt globalists that are trying to bring in the Antichrist agenda. The word of God will be fulfilled, but we are responsible to what degree it is fulfilled as Christians. We can pray and reduce the impact of it in our nation. Prophecy will be fulfilled. Don't mis misunderstand me, but we will be responsible to what degree it is fulfilled. In other words, we must pray. We must vote for that which is righteous, 
for getting rid of the corruption and these globalist, communist, democratic, socialist, Marxist, elitist, and all these other groups. We need to get them out of power as much as possible. All right, so next we're going to talk about world ID, world identification. The identification system is already being pushed as a precursor to the infamous Mark of the Beast. World ID, changing the world, or a sci-fi dystopia is the name of my article that I found. You can find the link to it in the description. The article says, would you let a shiny metal orb scan your iris for crypto and a t-shirt printed with unique human written on it? Well, over 2 million people around the world have already signed up for WorldCoin, an iris bio-cryptocurrency project developed by San Francisco and Berlin-based tools for humanity and co-founded by Sam Altman, who is the founder of OpenAI and the creator of ChatGPT. The Crypto Focus project aims are to create a global unique digital identity, world ID, a global currency, world coin, and an app that enables payments, purchases, and transfers using its token. Central to these three components is the orb, an iris scanning device that verifies proof of personhood is what they call it. Now this iris recognition is considered to have a very low false match, match rate and is often selected to be used where population sizes are large. So WorldCoin has lofty aspirations of reaching billions of people globally as a method of global payment. Before it's a work, you must be identified. You must be put into their system so that they can know every single transaction. Now remarkably in the Bible, over 2,000 years ago, there was a prophetic mention of an ID system that would emerge during the last days, restricting buying and selling through the infamous Mark of the Beast. You can find that in Revelation chapter 13. And it says, And he caused all, the small and great, the rich and the poor, and the free and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, and the decrees that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark either the name of the beast or the number of his name. The only feasible way for such an implementation is if this if it involves a digital ID, a global world digital ID that is seamlessly connected to a digital currency. Imagine if, we're merely, if it were merely a tattoo on your right hand, cash transactions could still prevail. It would be easy for someone without the mark to engage in illicit under-the-table exchanges. It wouldn't effectively control all buying and selling. However, in this modern era of digital money, things take a sinister turn. With money being entirely digital, only those possessing the digital mark will have access to funds. This is a chilling prospect that aligns eerily with biblical prophecy. Now, Who's behind this push for a global digital ID? Well, it's the United Nations. That's the big player in this game. They're all about the sustainable development goals that every country is supposed to hit by the year 2030, which is only seven years away. The UN teams up with businesses, governments, and other global groups to make these SDGs happen everywhere. One of the big players in the crew is the World Economic Forum. These guys, with more than 4,000 important members from big shot places, team up with the UN, teamed up with the UN back in 2019 to speed up this whole 2030 agenda thing. They're all about pushing these SDGs through investment investments that claim to care about the planet and the people. And they're not alone. There's powerful names like BlackRock and Bank of America that are in on it too. But wait... There's more. The World Trade Organization and World Bank are also in on the mix, especially in places like Africa and India, where they're helping to make digital ID systems happen right now. The World Bank got a hand from buddies like Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. 
So why the push for digital IDs? Well, two big reasons. For businesses, they want to grow and make money. And this is how they see if they get on board and tow the rope, they're going to get big money in this in the long run. So that's why businesses are doing it. Governments are doing it because they want better control over you. Another article I found, you can find the link in the description, Bill Gates pushes for digital ID with a $1.27 billion donation to Agenda 2030 and the Global Goals. So an impressive sum of over $200 million has been allocated to enhance the global digital public infrastructure as stated on their website. The substantial funding, funding aims to provide support to nations in various critical areas, including addressing public health challenges, facilitating post-pandemic recovery, and mitigating impacts of climate change. Ooh, scary. Are you concerned about this global public infrastructure? Well, you should be. Allow me to direct your attention to the explanation offered by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. This thing encompasses essential elements such as payment systems, digital identification as outlined in their detailed statements. And I quote, the allocation of funds is intended to bolster the infrastructure accessible to lower and middle income countries, thereby enhancing their resilience in the face of adversities such as food shortages, public health crises, climate-related disturbances. It will serve as a valuable resource during periods of pandemic-induced disruptions, economic recuperation efforts. So this comprehensive initiative encompasses diverse tools, including interoperable payment systems, digital identity solutions, data sharing mechanisms, and civil registry databases. You know what? This kind of sounds like a digital version of what the Nazis wanted to do, right? Imagine a digital version of numbering tattoos that the Nazis used to mark the Jews. They want that on every human on the planet. Thanks, Bill Gates. So glad you care about us so much you want to force us all to have an ID system to control what we buy, sell, where we can travel, so that we can stay within our little 15-minute cities and not see what's really happening out in the world. You know what? The digital prison is not coming. It's already here. And let me tell you about that. You can find my link from Jan Markell's radio broadcast in the description. This is where I got this information, where she interviewed Michelle Bachman. But first, I have a great video from the United States Vice President Harris about, well, let's listen to it. And so we set an ambitious goal to cut our greenhouse gas emissions in half by 2030 and to reach net zero emissions by 2050. The investment we are announcing today will help us to achieve these goals and it will do so much more. Because think also about the impact on not only the local economy, not only on an investment in the entrepreneurs and innovators from and in the community, think about the impact on something like public health. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. and reduce population, and reduce population, and reduce population. All right, so it is evident that the vice president is reciting lines from a teleprompter. While she and the White House assert it was a misspoken statement when she said she wanted to reduce the world population. But guess what? Someone wrote that in a teleprompter. It had to be written in there. And so she went back and said, oh, oh, I misspoke. 
but you know what he did clearly involved reading the words, including the phrase "reduce the population." Did you catch that? And she's not alone in expressing this sentiment. Bill Gates has been affirming the necessity to eliminate global population. <laughs> the digital prison is here. All right. What we're witnessing is the initial stages of the implementation of a global government. Startling revelations have emerged, shedding light on the rapid execution of this global governance structure. The revelation of this development stems from a surprising turn of events. So this was by Michelle Bachman, former representative of the U.S. House of Representatives. She also ran for president. And she is an awesome lady. She is one of the fighters out there. She's like a bulldog. I just, I just really appreciate what she's doing. She's uh, over there at Regent University now. She's doing an awesome job setting up a prayer and fasting uh, event coming up. All right, so let's get into this. Now, Michelle Bachman tells us after returning from Geneva, she came back to, to the U.S. and there was an unexpected bombshell press release that happened right as she came back. And it came out of Europe, and it caught her attention. It says that the European Union, along with the WHO, disclosed plans for the administration and control of Europe's global digital passport. Picture this. An app on your mobile device serving as an, a digital identity under the oversight of the WHO, the World Health Organization. Now, this is going to be a digital passport. It's already here. Now, this will be a digital passport. And it's going to be set to govern vital aspects of just everyday life, including your travel, your commerce, in other words, your buying and your selling. Even the most basic activities of life, they want full control over it. You can't do anything without this European digital ID on your phone. You can't move about, can't buy and sell. This is already being, it, it's, it's not coming. The digital prison is here. Remarkably, a press release, Michelle cites, specified that this system would be effective as of June 2023. It's already happened indicating that the wheels of global government were already in motion across Europe a long time before that. Now, this is particularly striking considering the significant economic and geographic scale of Europe, which rivals the United States. In essence, Europe has taken a huge leap towards the implementation of global government. They're going to be probably the first on the planet to uh, put it into motion. And just... Think about the implications, which are far-reaching. The global government, centered around a digital ID system, has been swiftly adopted, building upon experiences gained during the COVID-19 pandemic. The underlying message is that global government is here, with organizations like the United Nations, the World Health Organization, taking the reins right now under the, again, auspices of an emergency they're going to take full control. But right now they're ramping it up to that point, to that day. This is the fourth horseman in action with the spirit of death and hell to follow. Remember, the fourth horseman has to deal with climate and nature. Nature includes the pandemics. The one that has been and possibly those potential in the future so that they can have control. We see because of the pandemic in the United States how our election was stolen. It was totally stolen. Why? Because we switched to mail-in ballots, at which point they could totally lie, make fake ballots, steal ballots, and overturn the U.S. election, What's I believe absolutely happened. So it's just an example of how a pandemic can help 
a government control. So now the Democrats are in control of the U.S. government, and they have been, and whoever the puppet master is behind Biden, that's the person in control. It is a globalist, an elitist. It doesn't like you and me and the, and the middle and lower class people. No, they have an agenda. It's, and it's by the spirit of death and hell that follows on this horse under climate. How often are you hearing about climate? Under nature and all the things that can kill us in the natural world, including natural disasters, by the way. That's what that fourth horseman is all about. This horse that's riding right now, it's not coming, it's here now. It represents the spirit of the Antichrist and his power over nature and climate. These things have the power to kill with sword, hunger, and beasts of the earth, according to the Bible. Again, this beast of the earth include the microscopic kind, such as the viruses. One man's first-hand accounts of what started in June of 2023 offers us a glimpse into the reality of this transformation. So he encountered difficulties purchasing groceries without a digital ID. He couldn't even get into the store, underscoring the tangible impact of this newly established global digital system already set up in parts of Europe. First video is going to show you a guy is going to explain what's already in Europe and it's going to spread. It was in an Aldi's, I think it was in Germany, or I think it was Germany, it might be in London. And then a second video will show a man that I love who just ain't going to comply. And that guy is like me, and that guy I hope is like you. So let's watch these videos. So look at this. You're in London, you're on a business trip, you're staying in Greenwich, and you want to buy some food. So you go into the local oldies, like this one, and you think, I'm going to go in here and buy some food so that I can feed myself. And then you approach the barrier, and look, you can't even get in the shop without having a QR code to scan here, or to scan here, and then you can go in and buy things. Now this looks to me like the beginning stages of the digital prison that we keep talking about. What do you think? A new dystopian store where you're going to be tracked and act to buy anything. I'm going to buy some strawberries and I'm offering exactly the right amount of money here on the help desk. So you people take that money, £1.90, and I will take my strawberries outside. You can't take that. You can't take that. I pay by legal tender. No, no, no. Don't break it. I'm not breaking it. I pay by legal tender. And I'm going to make I pay by legal tender in this dystopian place. Okay, we're here today from Let the UK Live, Let London Live, and a whole lot of other groups in Aldi Shop and Go Greenwich, where they are insisting on nobody, nobody can buy anything here unless they got download an app and join a digital currency regime. I've attempted to buy some strawberries and he will not accept cash. These places must be closed down because if we don't close them down, they'll come all over England and UK and the world and then we will not be able to have our freedom with cash. So get in touch. Keep 
cash, keep cash, keep cash, keep cash, resist, defy, do not comply. Thank you. All right. As you can see, like I said, a digital prison is already being implemented in Europe, and most are unaware this is happening. Imagine that you couldn't just hop over those rails and go get food, but imagine every grocery store in Europe where there's bars where you cannot get past it without your ID, and you buy with your ID, and you can't get out the store without your ID. This is a digital prison. Imagine you can't go more than 15 miles. So you can't go find someplace out in the country to get some food. It is a digital prison closing in around us right now. Where will you go? What will you do? You need to start thinking about that right now. This is happening. Imagine not being able to go to the grocery store without your digital ID. You can't uh, get in the store. You can't get out the store. You can't eventually even purchase stuff online and have it delivered to you either. This happens when the mark of the beast takes place. That's why you can't buy or sell without this mark. What is the mark? It is you pledging allegiance to the Antichrist and global government. I believe the 666 is centered around not only the, the man, Antichrist, it's actually, because I believe the Antichrist is going to be revealed later in the game. Global government comes in first, and the Antichrist is pretty much going to be running the global government behind closed doors at first, and eventually he'll be he'll reveal himself. See, this is the, the deception that's taking place. I believe that the mark of the beast is going to be pledging allegiance to global government. And it'll be on your head or on your right hand so everybody can see it, that you've pledged allegiance. That's what it's about. You pledge allegiance ultimately to the devil, to, to the dragon, to Satan. And everybody knows if you take that mark, you're going to hell. You're going to burn in the lake of fire forever and ever. That's what the Bible says. There's no salvation. There's no hope. Of redemption for you whatsoever after that. And everybody knows that. How will they know that if the Christians are all raptured? They're going to know that because we're going to be right here telling them that. And that's why they know when they take a mark, they know exactly what they're doing. They're doing it on purpose. That's why you won't accidentally get, get the mark. You're not going to, someone's not going to force you to do it. And those that do it know what they're doing because they've been told by the Christians that are going to be here, this is the ultimate sin. You do this, you have turned your back on God and purposefully worshipped the Antichrist, which is worshipping the dragon Satan and global government. And this AI, which I believe is the image of the beast. I'm resisting this from the beginning. I encourage you to share, to, to let people know about this. Get the word out. This is already happening. These are the beginning phases. No, this idea is not yet the mark of the beast. But when it transitions to the mark of the beast, it, it'll be very obvious. You'll be given the option, do this to pledge allegiance to global government so you can eat. And at that point, it is the mark of the beast. Pledge allegiance to global government, the Antichrist, the dragon, the devil, just so you can eat. And you have to make that choice. Don't ever do it. It's not worth it. I would never, even at this baby level that we're seeing today in Europe, I wouldn't even get this ID personally or comply with these stores because just like this guy, it will soon be changed over to pledging allegiance to global government. It'll be eventually, not yet, but it will be the mark of the beast that you can read about in the book of Revelation 
could be on your phone, it could be a microchip on your hand or in your head, so you can scan to get in and out the, the, the stores. This de development aligns with biblical prophecies, particularly those found in Revelation 13. For a global digital currency like CBDCs to work, you must already have an ID in place. We are so close to this happening right now, worldwide. We know Europe is going full throttle. We just need the right conditions, like the announcement of an asteroid about to hit the Earth, to freak people out, implement lockdowns, implement 15-minute cities, and this will allow the ID to be forced worldwide and CBDCs to become our only currency. In essence, the world is witnessing the birth of a, glo of a global governance structure that could significantly shape our way of life, spanning various domains, including healthcare, our commerce, our travel. As we navigate this frightening landscape to the world, it's not frightening to us because we have faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ. But as we navigate the, the months and the years ahead, it, it remains very important to consider what are you going to do now to prepare for it. Are you prepared spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically for these changes that are unfolding? These things demand our attention right now as we contemplate the impact in the future of what's going to happen. It is going to happen. A mark is going to happen. Revelation 13, 15 says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. A certain AI could very likely be this image of the beast. I will quote a famous science fiction book I like, Thou shalt not make a machine in the likeness of a human mind. You can look that up on Google if you don't know what I'm talking about. That's not from the Bible. It's a, it's a book series I like, but uh, it, it has a good point. But men are trying to make a god when they make AI, and they will literally worship it. They will think it is the greatest thing. It is worth worshiping. Our, our god that we worship as Christians, they'll say, is, is a myth. But this is something we can see and touch and and, and, and and worship at the foot of this thing. And man wants to worship. It is built into man to worship. This is what the, the, the sinners of the world are looking for. A man, I believe, integrated with AI through a, a brain interface, most likely, to make him superhuman, connected maybe to a supercomputer with a with with a intelligent AI, maybe a super AI. I mean, think about it. So there's an image that knows whether you're worshiping it or not. It's not a person. It says it's an image that can only be an AI. In my mind, I can't think of anything else that could fill that role. Can you? How would you, and how would this thing know whether you're worshiping it sufficiently? If you really mean it from the heart, there has to be a global monitoring system. It, it, there, it is required. And guess what? You've already got everything you need to make that a reality. The camera and microphone you carry with you and your cell phone all the time. Your computers, your smart TVs. These all have microphones. Your series, your Alexas, your Google Assistants, these all have microphones. So this AI will be using your own cell phone and your own devices to watch you, whether you worship it and the Antichrist and global government or not, and whether you mean it from the heart. And if you don't, well, you know, the Bible says they have, they'll kill you. Be prepared never to worship this thing no matter what the cost. Never bow at the feet of this image, this thing of the Antichrist or global government or take the mark of the beast or his image upon yourself. It means absolute 
eternal damnation. You'll go hungry for a time, maybe. You'll have to make some hard choices for you and your family. But it's better to die than to take that mark. Revelation 13 goes on to say, And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive the mark. A mark in their right hand or in their forehead. Again, this could be a chip or a little rice-sized RFID that allows you to get in and out of the stores to get your food. Verse 17 goes on to say that no man might buy or sell save he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. In other words, you'll have it on your phone. You either have to have the mark or on your phone. That's what I believe that verse is saying. We need to realize that this global system requires a global eradication of cash or it really won't work at all. It will happen and it must happen suddenly. The eradication of cash will happen and it must happen suddenly for CBDCs or a digital currency to actually work. One day cash will be worthless according to the governments of the world. Now, I believe there is probably going to be a black market that will arise to keep commerce going for those that don't want to pledge allegiance to the world government and the Antichrist. That's how we're going to make it. God's going to provide. We're going to barter. We're going to get in communities of Christians and take care of one another. That's how we're going to make it. Trusting God. God's going to provide. Even if it's miracles that keep us alive, God is going to keep us alive by providing for us. But at the same time, we realize the government is going to kill and slaughter Christians. We talked about cutting off their heads. That's just one way. There's, you know, government has governments of the world have numerous ways to take out people. They want compliance. They want you in your 15 minute, minute city so you can't go more than 15 minutes away. And if you do, the penalty right now is going to be, oh, you're going to get fined. But one day, it's going to be far more serious. And we know Revelation 13 talks about the number of the beast. It is the number 666. Don't ever take that number, that mark. Don't ever pledge allegiance to the Antichrist in the government, the world government, so that you can eat. Again, it's not worth it. I believe God is going to supernaturally provide food and communities of Christians that will take care of one another. But they will come after us. Be willing to lay down your life, just like Jesus did. Because we cannot die. This body is not the real us. The real you is on the inside and you are eternal and you cannot die. It's impossible if you're in Christ Jesus, a born-again believer. All right, let's bring up another article that's pretty concerning, also talking about food. Even today, I have a link in the description. It is entitled, 13 Nations Agree to Abolish Farming in, our, in Order to Save the Planet. 13 Nations including significant agriculture, agricultural producers like the United States, have joined forces to combat methane emissions from farming. Now, this initiative, led by the global methane hub, GMH, involves commitments to reducing methane emissions in agriculture. The effort says it aims to enhance resilience against crises such as food shortages, public health threats, and climate change. <laughs> Gotta throw that one in there. Like that makes sense. As part of this drive, methods such as interoperable payment systems, digital ID, again, data sharing systems, and civil registry databases will be necessary. 
While the ultimate claim is to mitigate methane emissions, the reality will be reductions in livestock and food production practices, which will deeply impact food supplies and prices for you and me. So this article says this, the focus of their conference was the deployment of science-based practices, innovations, and technologies in line with sustainable food production. I already hate that word, sustainable. You will too one day if you don't already. So the nations are signing on to this pledge to transform their farming policies. And it includes nations like the United States. Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Burkina Faso, Chile, the Czech Republic, Ecuador, Germany, Panama, Peru, and Spain. The government of Spain is going to organize a second conference in 2024 to monitor and advance implementation efforts related to this statement and encourage more countries to join, according to a May 14th press release. Now, in order to save the planet from emissions that now come from cow farts, they claim it's necessary to force farmers to change the way they farm, converting their land and livestock to more innovative methods and science-based practices. In other words, they want to stop farming or reduce farming so that we can't get enough food. Unless, you know, you like cow, uh, um, unless you like eating bugs. That's, yeah, yummy. Can't wait for that. So the possibility of significant dietary changes is implied in their own language today, which can mean changing considerable portions of our traditional protein sources like beef, dairy, pork, chicken, with insect-based options like larvae, mealworms, and crickets. Mmm... This really does feel like the Hunger Games is coming. The promotion of insect protein has been a long-standing endeavor by organizations like the United Nations, World Economic Forum, and various NGOs. Now, investments in large insect factories is evident in regions like Illinois, Canada, and the Netherlands. Furthermore, our buddy Bill Gates and other billionaires are investing in lab-grown meats utilizing animal cells to rapidly produce artificial meat. Yummy, that sounds delicious. These shifts may lead to farmers being pressured off their land, as we saw in the Netherlands, a major food exporter. And these developments raise concerns of a potentially unprecedented famine. Some believe that these actions are deliberate, aligning with globalists, goals for drastic depopulation. It is the fourth horseman. Death and hell follows. Again, I would urge you preparation. Be prepared for a potential famine in your lifetime. I can't say for certain we're in the, the very, you know, seven years what some people call the tribulation, by the way. I don't. I can't say that. But it could happen in your lifetime, or maybe we are in it right now. I'm waiting for some more prophecies to be fulfilled before I say definitively, yes, we're in the final seven years. But when their goal is to get all this done by the year 2030, and it's now 2023... You have to go, hmm, right? That's why I ask, could we be in the final seven years? I can't say definitively, but I believe we might be. I'll let you know when I'm more certain. And what I'm watching is Israel, the fig tree. I'm watching if they're going to create the third temple through a sharing arrangement on the Temple Mount. That's the big one. When that takes place, that's it. We're there. We're in the global, we're in the final seven years. Global government has been implemented. 
And in just a very short time, the Great Tribulation will begin after that point, in my opinion. During the Great Tribulation is when we will see the Wormwood Asteroid, I think, towards the end of the Great Tribulation. Okay? And uh, that's why I'm also watching that one called Apophis, which is an asteroid coming in the year 2029. You can look it up. I encourage you to do so and keep an eye on it. That's what I do. All right. So preparation is something you need to be doing now. Start. Don't get freaked out. Just start with some short-term pantry stocking right now. Just when you go to the store, get an extra can. If you buy one, buy two. Get some extra dried goods, long-term goods, and just set them away and just do that over the weeks and months and years to come. If you've got the money to, to stack up lots of uh, non-perishable foods, do it. Learn long-term storage. There's lots of places online where you can learn all about that. Long-term storage, it's, it's a lot to it. You got to learn how to store your food, how to package your food. And by the way, packaging your own long-term storage food is far cheaper than buying it from these guys that give you all these buckets of food for thousands of dollars. That's, that's crazy. You don't have to do all that. Okay. You can package it in your own Mylar bags for like one-tenth of the cost. Buy it in bulk from places like restaurants.com. Put it in uh, Mylar bags. Seal it with a little iron or something. And that stuff will last like 25 or 30 years if, you know, if certain foods can. Certain foods can. Not all foods can. You've got to learn which foods can last and which foods this doesn't work for. There are certain foods this will not work on, okay, a lot. So learn this from the internet now. Print it out. Get books in, in your hand. Don't just rely on digital versions on how to do long-term food storage. Get physical copies of books and learn, learn how to garden, animal husbandry. All this is going to be really, really important. Think about this. Plan this stuff out. You're not going to get it all done in a day. You're going to spend all your money all at one time if you try to do it in a, in, in a month or a, a week. No, just, just do this, you know, over time and learn. Collaborations within communities are going to be very vital for surviving and intensified global famine. Ultimately, a globalist agenda is aiming to reduce the world's population from billions to just one or two billion. Some even suggest millions, a few million. I worked on climate change since 73. So just to tell you, because I was the person who gave the Club of Rome the first big platform. Together with his wife, Danella Meadows, the Limits to Growth was the book that pushed the Club of Rome into the spotlights and which is the beginning of all the climate movements. But in one way or another, we are so far, globally, we are so far above the population and the consumption levels which can be supported by this planet that I know in one way or another it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a a, a civil way, I, I, and I mean civil in a, in a special way, I, peaceful. Peace doesn't mean uh, that everybody's happy, but it means that conflict isn't solved through violence, through, through force, uh, but rather in other ways. And so uh, that's what I hope for, uh, that we can, I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion probably if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. It's unfortunately 
you never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So, but if you had a smart dictatorship and a low standard of living, you can have it. But, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven. So we have to get back down. Got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that's going to be based on the number of people, the services each person's using on average, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. And this is being suggested by some of the wackos that are in power. So I want to encourage you, get ready. All right, now we're going to get into our asteroid watch segment. I always like to talk a moment about asteroids just to keep our um, awareness sharp because Wormwood is coming. Jesus' first coming was likely preceded by a comet. And an asteroid will absolutely precede his second coming, according, according to Matthew 24. So I found a paper at Harvard which delves into the high likelihood that Jesus' first coming was heralded by a celestial event, a comet, now recognized as the Star of Bethlehem. Numerous historical texts, including the Gospel of Matthew, recount a bright and enigmatic star that guided three wise men to the birthplace of Jesus. While interpretations of this celestial phenomenon have varied over the centuries, recent research has pointed to the possibility that the star Bethlehem was, in fact, a comet. Astrophysicists and historians have been exploring the records of ancient astronomical events, and some scholars now suggest that a remarkable celestial spectacle, perhaps a comet, could have marked his first coming, and that knowledge has been given to us by historical records in China, of all places. Comets, with their brilliant tails and unusual appearances, were often interpreted as celestial omens, or signs of significant events by cultures across the globe. And this explains why it moved uh, as it moved over the manger in Bethlehem. Then it disappeared. Ancient Chinese records seem to confirm a comet came around the time of the birth of Christ. So an asteroid also pretends Jesus' second coming. We know that from the Bible. As we look towards the future, intriguing parallels emerge between the anticipation of Jesus' return and the celestial realm again. Notably, modern scientific advancements have revealed that Earth faces a very real and present danger from space. Asteroid impacts, as I always like to point out. The Bible teaches that an asteroid will strike the Earth, and it will precede Jesus' prophesied second coming. It's absolutely going to happen. We don't know when, but it will. Revelation 8 says that the third angel sounded in a great star, which is in the Greek, the word star is aster, meaning an asteroid. It's not a star like the sun. The sun's not going to hit the planet. doesn't even make sense. It only makes sense if you use the word aster to mean asteroid. A great star fell from heaven burning like a torch and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of waters. The star's name is Wormwood and a third of the waters became Wormwood, which is a type of poison, by the way. And many people died from the waters because they were made bitter or poisonous. This is coming. Get ready. All right. Well, we're going to keep looking up and stay ready. How do you be ready? The only way is to not be afraid of death. You only do that by calling out on the name of the Lord Jesus, repenting of your sins, making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, giving him your whole life. I don't mean using him as fire insurance to get out of what's coming. I mean committing your entire life to him and meaning it from your heart. Praying from your heart, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. 
I repent of my sins. I believe you died on the cross and rose again the third day. Forgive me. I turn from sin and my own ways. Be Lord of my life. Be Savior of my life. I give you my entire life from my heart right now. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, let me know. Go to thomastaylorministries.org. Hit the contact form and let me know you prayed that. I want to pray with you. I will pray with you and pray for you. Start reading your Bible. Maybe one of the best places I recommend is the book of John. And start going to church. Start praying. It's time to get ready. Because these things are happening. And they're happening fast right now. With that, I'll see you next time. God bless you.